Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of the Football Convention. We're missing the beautiful game just as much as you, but the wait for football has now been reduced significantly with the Bundesliga resuming in about 7 days time. Hence we thought it would be apt to have a quick chat and review on how the season has panned out so far. Well, until it was suspended recently. And you know, let's find out who the favorite for the title is now and who's going to get relegated and what not. So joining me on today's episode is Bayern Munich fan Truva. How are you doing today? Hello mate, I'm doing good. What about you? Brilliant, brilliant. And the third guest joining us today all the way from London is an aspiring football journalist who in fact already writes for the reputed site 90th minute and is a close follower of the German league and a fantastic personality on Twitter, Nishad. How are you doing today, Nishad? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for the introduction. Yeah, no problem, mate. We've done this before. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into it. We will be analyzing the top four teams in detail for now, followed by a few surprises later on in the episode. So, without further ado, the fourth place we have Borussia Mönchengladbach. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, who, which is coached by Marco Rose, and now we know that Nishal is a keen follower of the side because of their Swiss connection. <laughs> I think they have four Swiss players, if I'm not wrong. Yep, so we've got Jan Sommer in goal, Nico Elverdi in defence, uh, Dennis Akere in midfield, and Brilon Bolo up front. Yeah, brilliant. So, how has the season been for them, mate? I mean, have they exceeded expectations? Are they on the right track, or uh, what? Are, what are your thoughts on them? I I like them, obviously, for the Swiss players, and I think they've had a good season. Um, they've always kind of been high up in the Bundesliga, you know. Maybe not always in the Champions League spots, but either in Europa League or the top half of the table. But they've had a very good season, as you said, under Marco Rose. Um, they've built a fantastic, fantastic base around their players, and they're really coming into their element. I think seeing them in fourth is a bit unlucky because they have had times this season. Where they've not only been higher up in the table, but they've been top of the table, whether it's on goal difference or two, three points clear of Bayern Munich. So they have been up and down. So you know, seeing them in fourth, it's good for them, but they can definitely do better. They're only six points off the top, and they've had a very good season: fifteen wins out of twenty-five games, and these final eleven, how many? Nine games. Sorry, these final nine games for Borussia Mönchengladbach will be key. Hopefully, they can get top four. Brilliantly said, mate. Brilliantly said. I mean, I was personally shocked. I mean, as you said, they're always in, you know, one of the teams uh, who generally finish in the top half of the table. But to see them join top, as you said, and you know, a couple of points clear as well, it's it's a huge achievement for them and some fantastic coaching, especially after they sold the likes of Dog and Azad in the summer. Hmm. I, I was, I was, I really thought that they would uh, suffer a little bit more. But what are your thoughts on that, Drua? Yeah, so I completely agree with Nishal as they had one of the most solid starts this season, grabbing 25 points out of a possible 30 in the first 10 game weeks, and currently they stand only six behind uh, points behind the league leaders Bayern Munich. So I feel they actually performed well this season after ending fifth in the previous season, the 2018-19 season. So Marco Rose has done a brilliant job in his first year as manager for the club. And I feel if he keeps up his good run, then the club may stand as strong contenders for the title once again next season. So, however, I feel Jan Sommer deserves a special mention. He has been brilliant this season with almost 13 clean sheets, and also the club has wonderful forwards that is Alisson Priya and Embolo, who have eight and seven goals respectively. 
so i feel the club is doing well and uh, they will remain contenders for the next season as well can yeah, i pick up quickly it? on jan sommer yeah sure well well said from you jan sommer i've got to say for me one of the most underrated goalkeepers not only in the bundesliga but i think in europe he's now 31 years old and he's just getting better and better and better seeing him play year and year out not just for borussia mönchengladbach but also for the swiss national team who he's been first choice uh, for since 2014 i think sommer is greatly underappreciated and underrated in the Bundesliga and as you said his stats prove how good he's been and how he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league for me certainly up with Manuel Neuer Roman Bjorki to name a few yeah definitely definitely he's been a crucial part and apart from that i mean it's been pretty impressive that they've played in an attacking style of football rather than you know the bundesliga is known for open expansive football but munchen gladbach have done it brilliantly now just before we move on to the next club uh three players who really impressed you initially and you can't say swiss players this time <laughs> <laughs> from mönchengladbach yeah oh off the top of my head i'm not sure if i can think of three but okay. uh alessand play uh, as you said that's yeah. he's impressed yeah. me definitely yeah okay i'll i'll include zakaria in there and uh so one more one more um put me on the spot here if i'm staying away from swiss <laughs> players i mean if i had to choose one swiss player absolutely dennis sakaria because he has been fantastic yeah. Yeah, um exactly. last indoor oh is one who yeah, always stands great. out for me obviously munchen gladbach's captain you know i had the name yeah. in my mind I yeah. it, but stindl i'm a big fan of i think he's a very solid <laughs> player and absolutely the core of munchen gladbach definitely an experienced campaigner so three players that impressed you dhruva i mean i think you can use swiss players <laughs> yeah however for me i feel first would be jan sommer for the reasons that i already stated and then i'd have alison plea as he's been performing very well with eight goals a season and also i like thuram who's been in the top list of assists this season in the bundesliga Yeah, well said. Well said. I I'd like to do a combination of both of yours, and I'm gonna say Jan Sommer, Zakaria, and Player. Okay, so let's move on then to the third position and my personal favorites, which are Rosenball Sport Leipzig. Uh, first, I'll kick things off with Drew at this time because I know that just as me, he's a fan, he's a huge fan of Timo Werner. If I'm not <laughs> wrong, so yeah. So, what are your thoughts on that, Drew? I think they've had an excellent season under Nagelsmann. Yeah so of course Leipzig is one fantastic club with top class players and a top class manager. So the team plays with high tempo in and out of position and they attack vertically through quick forward passes you know and they keep yeah. up the pressure throughout the game. So like you said Timo Werner is one of my favorite players who has continued to show his class this season with 21 goals and 7 assists in just 25 appearances. So he has been one of the driving forces for the team with strong support from his teammates mainly Sabitzer and Nkunku. Uh one cannot overlook Peter Gulachi who has been excellent this season with 16 clean sheets that is the highest in the league along with a strong defensive line Klosterman, Upamecano and Halstenberg. And of course none of this would have been possible without the strong guidance of Julian Nagelsmann. Being the youngest manager in Bundesliga ever, he has led the team wonderfully, taking the club to the UCL quarterfinals for the first time in the club's history. 
yeah well said well said i think they've been excellent i think even they were top for for a small amount of period if i'm not wrong but they've been excellent under nagelsman and he's got them playing excellent football at the moment they've ousted spurs from the champions league which me and nishal will <laughs> of course be very thankful for yeah. and uh so what are your thoughts on leipzig nishal and i'll i'll just sum it up yeah i'll pick on that point you know they've been a fantastic team this season and the thing is they're still in the title race even if they're not top anymore they're only five points off the top of Bayern Munich um, and I think their quality has shown not only domestically but absolutely in the Champions League and when I think of RB Leipzig this season I think back to their two-legged win in the round of 16 in the Champions League over Tottenham especially the first leg where they came to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and they came away with a win before you know pretty much demolishing them back in Leipzig so I think it was really it's been great to see Leipzig perform well on a European stage because you know while ethically I may not be as positive over Leipzig history and foundation yeah, they're a very yeah, attractive yeah. football team to watch and they could come away with a Bundesliga title if they push enough this season yeah well well said well said I think that uh, you, you hit it uh, quite well there because in in Germany, Leipzig is uh, is not a fan favorite of the other fans, is it? I mean, be- because we've often seen them holding up banners about how they've fought their way through the lower divisions and and then made it to the top as they are now. But uh, I, th- I think it's fair in the current game. I mean, they're they're just lucky that they got a a good set of ownership and back to back promotions. Uh, but well, talking about this season, I think. They've been excellent. I think they finished. Uh, they finished pretty high up last season as well, and uh, this season getting to the quarterfinals of the UCL is a big stage. Uh, uh, is a big achievement for them. And uh, okay, let's ask Drua then. Uh, three most important players for you from Leipzig this season, and you can't mention Werner. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, I definitely have Upamecano in the top three because he's been a brilliant defender this season and has always played well for the club. And along with Upamuchano, I guess I'd put Marcel Sabitzer, who has also uh, played well. He has supported the team well from the back and he has been assisting uh, throughout. And after that, I'll have Peter Gulachi. As you know, I'm a fan of goalkeepers. So uh, Gulachi has been wonderful this season and he's been above expectations by yeah, yeah, hitting the top of the team sheet list. Yeah, Nagelsmann's side is always going to have a good defense, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, moving on to you, Nishal. Three players who have impressed you from Leipzig this season. Yeah, pretty much an agreement there. Um, Upa Meccano, he's been brilliant in defense. And the reason, you know, seeing him play so well, it shows why he's been such a hot hot talent and someone that so many clubs in Europe are after, including being linked to Chelsea, which could happen, but is less likely now. Um, Sabitzer as well, I completely agree. I think he's been really good up front. And I have to put Timo Werner in there. <laughs> he's a fantastic, fantastic striker. And he's been so for years, but I think he's really got recognition this season. You know, he's been playing for Germany the last couple of years. Maybe, you know, sometimes playing well, sometimes maybe not as much. But when he's in the Bundesliga, he is in his element and he's been fantastic. So whether he's leaving Leipzig in the summer, I'm not sure. But if I were him, I wouldn't mind staying at Leipzig because he's been brilliant there. Yeah, well said. And uh, I think Drua touched it upon before. He's got, what, 21 goals and 7 assists and 25 appearances. I mean, that is insane statistics. I mean, for real life. 
I mean, on FIFA, we've obviously seen players score bucket loads of goals, but having more <laughs> goal contributions than appearances is uh, is a huge achievement, especially at this level, which is why I think he's on top for me in my three players. And then uh, I think Nkuku's had an undeserved, uh, unappreciated season, uh, if I may. I mean, uh, it didn't work out for him at PSG and then Leipzig taught, you know, gave him another chance and he's been excellent. And of course, it would be incomplete without mentioning Upamecano, who's been fantastic fantastic this season as well and it 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 will be seen uh, soon whether he can leave the club or not depending on the financial situation of the clubs who are willing to buy him okay then let's move on to the second position now which is the only team which is sort of provided any competition to Bayern Munich in the past 10 years and that is Borussia Dortmund uh, so I'll start things off with you Nishal what are your thoughts on Borussia Dortmund this season I'm a huge fan of Borussia Dortmund, not just for season, but generally, you know, their style of football is one of the most attractive in Europe for me. It started with Jurgen Klopp with a heavy metal attack in football and it's been continued, but it's unfortunate that in recent years, their good football, their good form hasn't been reflected in the silverware because of the dominance of Bayern Munich. This season, they've been good, currently second, of course, four points off the top. And last season should have been the year that they won their first league title for a couple of years, you know, they're on top of a Bundesliga for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then right at the end, they lost too many games. They were <laughs> smashed by yeah. Bayern in their classical 5-0. Mm. And they ended up finishing two points off top. And that was really unfortunate for a team who played so well throughout the season. If they can keep pushing Bayern this season, there's a chance. And, you know, I've said that for all the teams, but I personally, I hope Dortmund can win it this season. But with Bayern on top, four points clear, it's hard to see them losing a lead, especially to their arch rivals. Yeah, definitely. Well, well summed it up. I think football they started playing under Jurgen Klopp really made them, you know, one of the most non-hateable sides in Europe. Uh, you know, sort of like the Angola Kante of teams, if you will. Uh, but I'll, I'll ask the Bayern Munich fans' thoughts on this now, Drew. What are your thoughts on Dortmund? Yeah, well, I know I'm a Bayern Munich fan, but at the same time, I can't help but admire Borussia Dortmund for the beautiful football that they play. They, they're very quick on the feet with quick passing. They have incredible counter-attacking strategies with very fast players, including Haaland, Hakimi, Sancho and Royce. Like you said, it's one of the clubs which cannot be hated and I feel that what you said is very fair. So Dortmund has have been one of the close contenders for Bayern Munich over many years, but I've just not been able to defeat them and end above them. So however, this season I feel it's very much possible as they're just four points behind Bayern Munich and just two weeks of bad game weeks for Bayern and you could see Dortmund on the top being league leaders in no time. Yeah, that, that that seems a little bit unprobable now, but let's see. I mean, surely the momentum is with Bayern at the moment. But before we go, move on to Bayern Munich, Drew, are your top three players from Dortmund? Well, my favourite three would be first Jaden Sancho, undoubtedly, who's been excellent with almost 14 goals and 15 assists in just one season. And then I'd have Achraf Hakimi, who, uh, who's contributed to 10 assists this season and has played wonderfully at the right-back position. And in third, undoubtedly, I think it would be Erling Haaland, who just joined Borussia Dortmund, but has proven to be wonderful after his uh, outstanding performance in the UEFA Champions League, where he has scored so many goals in just hardly any appearances. 
Yeah, yeah. Well said. I think Hakimi is an excellent shot. Although I'm very surprised you chose to leave out Marco Royce. I mean, I thought he would be top of the list, especially with, uh, with you know, I, I think everyone likes Marco Royce. But okay, let's move on to you, Nishal. And I think I think I already know who's going to top <laughs> the list. It's going to be Akanji, isn't it? Actually, no. Top of my list would be Sancho. It has to be Jaden Sancho for me. Oh, <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise! I do have Swiss bars, but not that much. Um, with Sancho. <laughs> You know, he has been he's been electric this season for Borussia Dortmund, undoubtedly their best player, one of the best players in the league this season. And it's been a pleasure to not only watch him at Dortmund, but having also watched him from his very early days in his youth career in Manchester City. As well as Sancho, I'd go for two Swiss players. I'd go for Roman Bjorki, solid goalkeeper choice, unlucky not to play for the national team because of how good mm-hmm. Sommer's been. And Manuel Akanji, another key part of the national team and Dortmund. Brilliant defender, can occasionally slip up, make a few odd mistakes and errors. But overall, I think he's a fantastic defender with many more years ahead of him to develop. Yeah, well said, well said. And for me, well, Jaden Sancho is an obvious favourite. But um, OK, let, let's pick him. And then uh, Marco Royce, I think I have to include him after both of you left him out for some reason. And the third player, actually, for me, would be Axel Witzel. I mean, he's had such a weird career from Benfica to Zenit to China. And now he's finally back playing top-level football. So, And, and he's been really impressive this season. Uh, so I think Witzel's the third pick for me. Moving on then to the top of the table, which is Bayern Munich. And now they did have a bit of a shaky start this season with Niko Kovac. And, uh, but now are four points clear at the top. Somehow they always end up at the top, don't they? But I think Hans Flick has absolutely revolutionized the way that they played football. Sometimes under Nico Kovac, it did seem sort of drab, if I may say, but uh, now Flick's got them playing excellent football, especially with Thiago and Kimmich in midfield. So what are your thoughts on that, Drew? How do you feel as a Bayern Munich fan to see... Well, you've seen your yeah. club do a lot better, but what, what are your yeah, thoughts? Well, you know, I could be biased because I am a Bayern Munich fan. But to be honest here, this isn't one of the best seasons Bayern Munich has had over the last 10 years. And they had a very shaky start, like you said. And uh, I feel Niko Kovac could have been given some more time. And I feel he was the right manager, although he needed time to uh, adapt to the club. And, uh, you know, he could be the one who could drive Bayern Munich to winning the UCL final. However, I can't ignore the fact that Hans Flick has been amazing. So after Niko Kovac left the club, he did very well as an interim manager. And in, in no time, in just within two months, he was appointed as the permanent manager. So under Flick, Bayern has gained almost 37 points out of a possible 45, which is a very good comeback after the poor start which they had in the beginning. So you have wonderful players in Bayern Munich like Robert Lewandowski, who is currently the best striker across all leagues with 25 league goals and is also in the top of the Champions League uh, list. And then also other players like Serge Gnabry, Thiago and Coutinho have played wonderful. Although as a Bayern Munich fan, I personally wish that Coutinho had actually stayed, that Bayern Munich signed Coutinho. However, it was unfortunate that the club decided not to sign him. And to actually mention, Thomas Müller has been an underdog this season. No one expected him to perform so well, but he has the highest number of assists in the league that is 16, along with six goals. And actually, no one expected him to do so well at that age. And one more point I would like to mention about Bayern this season is that they have started to realize the great potential in the youngsters. So, players such as Alfonso Davies, 
Zerkzi, Chris Richards, and Lucas May all have been given a chance to play with the starting team, which is something very crucial to a club. And Bayern Munich had actually ignored this all these years. So I feel it is very close at the top with just four points gap. But anything could happen with ten games remaining. But I feel that Bayern Munich would be able to grab the title once again. Yeah, you you said it all there, didn't you? Well said. And um, as a Chelsea fan, I can confirm that giving the youth uh, a chance is a fantastic thing to see. Yes. And uh, Alfonso Davies, you mentioned his rise has been absolutely stellar. I think at the beginning of the season, very few people had even heard of him. And I thought he was more of a winger, but then the way he's been converted into a left back, he's been so impressive. I mean, look at the stats, and he's all over the left flank, isn't he? He's at the back, he's at the front, he's crossing, and uh, he's absolutely ripped past so many teams this season with this blinding pace. So, uh, Nishal, what are your thoughts on Bayern Munich? Well, what can you say? Bayern Munich, the best team in Germany by <laughs> far, and for the decade, for century. You know, they've got seven straight yeah. Bundesliga titles, incredible dominance in the league. And it looks like last year would be the end of that. You know, they were struggling, they were lower down, and then they still managed to win it, which kind of showed the mentality and the strength of Bayern Munich. This season, I think they've still been very good. Again, they've shown signs of possibly not winning or being as dominant. Um, as you've said before, you know, they've, Gladbach have been top, on top, Dortmund have been on top, Leipzig have been on top. And it's not been buying on top winning every single game week in, week out. It's been much more even and open in the league. But that being said, you know, they still have a strength of their powers. We saw that in Champions League, not to mention against Chelsea alone, where they came to Stamford Bridge and put in, in my opinion, one of the best visiting team performances I've seen at Stamford Bridge because they were just perfect. They were well drilled, they were organised, their passing was perfect. They did not put a foot wrong. And against, you know, against the Chelsea team was so unexperienced. They completely blew them away. And that was, that was vintage Bayern for me. That's what Hans Dieter Flick has done. He's done a brilliant job, you know, taking over from Niko Kovac, who I don't think he was the worst manager, but there were times, like you've said as well, um, where he maybe struggled or there were times where we weren't sure if his tactics and his, and his players were working in the way we wanted them to. But that being said, Bayern Munich have still been at the top of our game, of course. Neuer, still one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Lewandowski, still scoring. Müller, an interesting one you mentioned, because obviously I think everyone thought that he was past his prime, but he has been very impressive this season. Um, Kingsley Coman, Serge Gnabry, who especially Gnabry has been absolutely electric and on top form this year, not just in the Bundesliga, but again going over to Europe where they smashed Tottenham Hotspur 7-2, they smashed Chelsea 3-0. They, they cruised through their group and undoubtedly one yeah. of the favourites to win the Champions League. And whether that's the case in the Bundesliga will be interesting to hear and see. Yeah, you summed it up very well. And uh, also you pointed out, I think Dhruva pointed out the Muller point, which is that he's been... He's gone under the radar this season and 16 assists is a mental statistic. And uh, I think he's, what, 31, 32 now? And uh, he's still putting up such numbers, which is incredible to see. And Kovac, yeah, I think stepping up uh, from a club like Frankfurt to a club like Bayern, where there's so much more expectation, I think that's an underrated uh, uh, you know, quality of the managers because 
to be a top manager, you've got to know how to control the board, the fans and, and the pressure from the media. And I think he just wasn't capable in doing all that. And he looked overwhelmed, if I may, but Hans Flick has done an excellent job. And in such small period of time, he's got them playing such attractive football. And as you mentioned, obviously, like obliterated. Tottenham and Chelsea. I think we were very lucky. There was still nil-nil in the first half and the, the full-time score was pretty fair uh, to them, 3-0. And you also mentioned that they were team of the decade, team of the century. And I think that's spot on. They have the most titles in history. They've, got, they've won 28 titles uh, from 1963-64 season. And an interesting statistic, they've won 15 of the last 20 Bundesliga titles. And only Stuttgart, Wolfsburg and Dortmund who won it thrice are the others. So what are your thoughts on their domination? I mean, will this dominance ever end? Because from to, from the 1998-99 season up till now, it's constantly been by. And it has been not cemented at the top now because Dortmund were pretty close to winning last year. And this season, as we've discussed before, uh, there have been three other teams competing. But they are still at the top and especially with... Uh, them being strongly linked to the likes of Leroy Sané recently, as well as Kai Havertz. And, you know, somehow they always seem to sign the previous year's Bundesliga team of the season. Uh, we've seen that with Goretzka. We've seen that with Rudy. We've seen that so many times. So what are your thoughts on that, Nishal? And do you see this dominance ever ending? The dominance has to end eventually. It's It could last forever, but I think there's got to be one point where it will come mm-hmm. to an end German football will finally see a new champion. And that's what I thought would be last season, you know, with Niko Kovac and Bayern not being on top. But something about Bayern is, and it's a testament to the club, their signings, their board, the manager, the players, is that they've got the men- right mentality and they just never, ever give up. I think with Bayern Munich, it can be frustrating to see them win the Bundesliga every single season because you want entertainment, you want an underdog in German football in the Bundesliga, but it's a testament to the foundations they've built. You know, when they've had players like Philipp Lahm retire, you know, legends, how do you replace them? Bastian Schweinsteiger too. Mm. And the thing with Bayern Munich is they've perfected their, their club. They've, they've basically perfected their club over the last decade or two because they know how to, mm-hmm. what players will work, how to replace everyone. And they've just been perfect every single thing in German football, one of the most dominant eras. Whether it will end soon, I'm not sure, but I can see there being a new Bundesliga champion by the end of the decade. Whether it will be Borussia Dortmund winning three titles in a row or Union Berlin winning a shock mm-hmm. title in 2024, I don't know. <laughs> but there's got to be one season, one manager or one team who manages to crack the code for Bayern Munich, catch them at the point where they're most vulnerable, where Neuer is finally approaching the end of his career, Lewandowski's on his way out, and the team has almost fallen apart. There's got to be someone who's going to capitalise. When that is, I'm not sure, but I think by the end of a decade, we will see a new team in Germany. Well, one can hope, one can hope. And as you mentioned, the the replacement of players is absolutely fantastic. I mean, every time a top player retires or is past his prime, they're so quick to get a replacement in, which I feel is absolutely excellent. It's it's, it's how a business, I'm sorry, a football club should be run. So, uh, Dhruva, I mean, I, I know that you've enjoyed this dominance, uh, obviously, but uh, so who do you think can end it and how will it end? 
So, well, I completely agree with Nishal that what fans expect is, you know, a tough season, some competition or challenges for the club. So, I feel Bayern winning this season would be satisfactory for me as a fan. Even though they've won it for so many years, this year was really competitive and you have Leipzig and Dortmund right behind the tail. So, winning this season would actually be uh, satisfactory in my side. And also, like you said, what Bayern Munich have is the strong teamwork and uh, breaking that is very difficult. It is something that many teams currently lack. And also, they sign top-class players very quickly. So, the current signing, Lira Sane, which is yet to be confirmed. So, when Frank Ribery uh, retired, you had Kingsley Coman stepping up and taking the left. However, he was pretty disappointing in the current season. And I feel with the signing of Lira Sane, the left side would become much stronger and there would be much more pressure on the opponent. And yeah, so coming to your question, as you asked, if there would be a club to end Bayern Munich's uh, uh, run, I feel it would be Leipzig. But this would be subject to the fact that Timo Werner stays at the club. So you know that Timo Werner is currently linked to Liverpool strongly and also many other clubs. And Werner has also stated in many interviews that he'd like to play in Liverpool. So Werner has been the driving force for RB Leipzig and if Werner leaves, I feel that Leipzig will succumb and miss his presence as uh, he's been the star of the club. Yeah, well said. I, I, I'd like Leipzig for the, to break their dominance as well. But for that, I think they have to change their business structure because I think an important uh, you know, attribute to be noticed here is that every other club is kind of like a selling club. You know, Dortmund or Leipzig or even Mönchengladbach to an extent. I mean, they sign players who at a very young age from, you know, by great scouting and great sources and whatnot. And then they develop them. And once they become the end product, you know, once they become the Polish diamond, they look for potential suitors, right? And and especially the English league where, where all most of the clubs are cash rich, I think, they're just going to go there and they're going to say, look, we'll give you 30 million. And they're, they're not in a position to refuse that kind of money. Uh, so and I feel until that sort of mentality ends, I think we're going to continue to see Bayern Munich's dominance. However, I think Nishal uh, mentioned Union Berlin there to do uh, Leicester's type season. So uh, which of the surprise clubs this season? I think I, I'll start with Druva on this one. Which club has surprised you the most? Well, I guess you and Nishal have already stated it. And I too agree with Union Berlin. It has been very surprising that they have uh, been promoted to the Bundesliga for the first time ever. And they have done an incredible job by keeping a mid-table position. So I feel Union Berlin would, uh, you know, keep up their run and they would slowly move higher and higher up positions as time passes. Mm, yeah, yeah. And Nishal, which club has surprised you this season? Well, the club that surprised me this season isn't for the reason they've done so well, but the fact they haven't done as well as they could, and that's Eintracht Frankfurt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They really impressed me last season. They finished seventh in the Bundesliga, they reached the Europa League semi-finals, and they are only knocked out and missed out on a chance of reaching a final in Baku after two two one all draws, extra yeah. time and penalties, mm-hmm. where they even winning three one in the shootout. So they were extremely unlucky last season. But I've been very surprised to see the not only are they much lower down than seventh, but their point tally, they're on 28 points, six points off a relegation playoff um, spot. Mm. For a team who played brilliant football last season, such 
attacking, fluid football. It's quite a shame to see them solo down as well. Whether you can completely blame that on Luka Jovic being signed by Real Madrid, I'm not sure. But I think overall, whatever Frankfurt had last season hasn't worked this season because even in the Europa League, uh, where they played in the round of 16, they lost 3-0 at home to Basel in the first leg. And of course, Basel are a very good team. But for a bu- top Bundesliga side to lose to a top Swiss side is very unlikely and very, very rare in football, I should say, in Europa League. So Frankfurt's season has surprised me, definitely. Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, Luka Jovic has been on the way out. And I think they've lost all their strikers. I think Ale went to West Ham and Ante Rebic also left, I think, to AC Milan, if I'm not wrong. So that could have an impact. But they did still have the core of their players still with them. So I don't know what's gone wrong. I mean, as you mentioned, they've had a very low points tally and their goal difference is pathetic. Getting beat 4-0, 5-0 on many occasions. And uh, they've just been very unimpressive from last season. And the surprise club for me this season, well, apart from Judeon Berlin and even Cologne to an extent, uh, I think it's Schalke because the position they were in when Domenico Tedesco left was absolutely terrible. And it, it's so sad to see a big club with such fantastic support, you know, being en- engrossed in relegation battles. I think that's what happened to Wolfsburg as well. But uh, the job that Wagner has done now is is fantastic. And they, I think they sit sixth at the moment but to qualify for the Europa League uh, after having such a terrible previous year is... Uh, is fantastic stuff from Schalke. So anyway, right before we conclude this wonderful episode, I must say, uh, I'll head over to Nishal first. Does it sit right in your conscience to resume the season? I mean, as I think Arrigo Sarchi uh, stated, football is the most important of the unimportant things. And right mm-hmm. now, should football really be a priority with thousands of people dying all around the world every single day? Does it? I mean, I know that we are, of course deprived of football, deprived of a daily routine. But seeing the situation all around the world, and especially with there being shortage of testing kits and personal protection equipments uh, with doctors, does it sit right with you to watch those players play, you know, basically for entertainment and money over, you know, putting that money to good use? I mean, it's a really important question. And I think the main answer is it's relevant to every country. For example, in England, where I am, mm. it's unfeasible to think of the Premier League returning right now. You know, we've got 30,000 deaths. We've got the highest death toll in Europe, mm. second highest in the world. Yeah, there are still talks of project restarts and bringing the league back behind closed doors. So I'm completely, well, I, I want the league to be finished and I want it to be played out eventually. But I think seeing it discussed right now, I don't see it as feasible. I don't understand how we can be discussing that here. And in, in India as well, for example, yeah. um, I hope you guys are safe, first of all. <laughs> seeing yeah, yeah, that 1,700 deaths, not as high as um, the UK, but there's a lot of time and hope the situation stays under control with Modi. But the main argument is it's completely dependent on each country. Germany did really, really well, I must say with their coronavirus handling. Angela Merkel, she set a very strict lockdown from the start. There was half, about half a million tests every single day from mid-March. And that's proved a testament. I think they're on about 7,000 deaths overall. And that's why they're being able to ease their lockdown. So away from the coronavirus and back to the actual football, I think in general, it's 
quite unethical to see football coming back or seeing the idea of it. But in Germany, they've done well. They've got the virus under control. And they, you know, they've been a trendsetter for the entire pandemic. So seeing football return there, knowing what's been going on, knowing how well they've dealt with the situation and knowing they've got everything under control and they know what they're doing, I'm okay with that. And I'll welcome the Bundesliga coming back because not only will it boost the spirits of Germany and German football, but it's football, you know, football's such a powerful sport and such a powerful medium for people across the world. You've got a British man, a British and two Indians talking about German league. That's the global, global attraction of football. So I think the Bundesliga coming back is going to be brilliant. I cannot wait and I will welcome it because, you know, it's been far too long about football. And I think now is a perfect time for Germany to welcome back the Bundesliga. Oh, you summed it up brilliantly there, mate. I don't know if Drua can even add anything to that. Even I can't add anything to that. That is absolutely wonderfully said. And we can't wait for the return of football. As you mentioned, it is a global sport, undoubtedly the biggest sport. Uh, as you can see the viewership uh, details. So, Drua, would you like to add anything to that just before we conclude this episode? Yeah, so I think he spoke brilliantly and I don't have much to add. But also, yeah. it's very important for the players to be tested continuously because you don't know when the virus can strike and when it can spread to all the other players. So, it's very important that they are being tested not only now but also once the season starts. And it's very important that all matches are held in empty stadiums to minimize the spreading of the COVID-19. So considering all precautionary measures which should be taken, I feel it's all right for the season to resume. Even though it sounds a bit bizarre that football is returning amidst all the COVID uh, panic. But as you said, Germany has been fantastic in tackling the virus and I can't wait for the season to resume. And I'm very happy that the Bundesliga is back on 16th. Yeah, wonderfully summed up, mate. Wonderfully summed up. So that brings us to the end of the third episode of the Reignited Football Convention. And I would like to thank once again Nishal for joining us all the way from London and Dhruva as well. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. So pick your team after listening to our podcast, hopefully. Stay tuned for more episodes revolving around the other top leagues in Europe. Until then, remember to stay home and stay safe and take care.